0: review The Review at Rob's Show, your one stop shop for all kinds of fun goodies from movie reviews, spoiler free, of course, to DC news, horror news, all kinds of movie news around the realm. Sometimes throw in some video game news, TV news, whatever kind of news it seems interesting I throw out here at you, man. But appreciate you joining in and listening to the show here on the Throw Me Podcast Network, where you can find all kinds of goodies from the metal groove with Tombstone Josh. Talking the metal and the music goodness. We've got the Haunters podcast crew doing some slasher report stuff, talking some evil dead, all that good stuff. We got some core memory unlocked. We got some this is I guess this is growing up. We got Mr. Wonderful throwing his stuff out there. All kinds of fun stuff going on here on the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, share. I'll be it YouTube, Instagram, wherever you're at, man. Uh share that as well as the show, man. Hit that like, subscribe, rate the show on Apple, whatever you can do. Appreciate you. But uh, yeah. Again, thank you for joining into the show. We have got two movie reviews again for you this week, man. Both of them are horror centric films, so I'm gonna talk about two, two horror films, but you know, vastly different kind of horror films. Cause I had myself a double visit the movie theater week last week. Since the last time we talked, man, that Regal one limited pass. Let me tell you, I am uh, using it for sure. <laughs> Love that thing, man. Uh, so yeah, I got to see two movies last week, and talk about both of those for you. Um, other than that, not much really going on that I've done. I uh, played a lot of WWE 2K this weekend, a very relaxing weekend. got to dive into the My Rai stuff there. That was fun. Uh, as far as video gaming goes, hopefully you will be streaming soon, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. I will, you know, no promises. we we'll, but going to try to stream this week for sure with um, the Disney games coming out, the Disney Speedstore, Disney Speedster, Disney, let's not call it Mario Kart game um that's coming out Speedstorm is what's going on. that is releasing this week i've already purchased it and ready to play it um and i will look forward to streaming that and you know losing and all that good stuff but uh, i'm excited to check that out i have that streaming for you other than that man next week i don't know what the review well the review will probably be uh power rangers you know i'm gonna try to see evil dead it's not showing at my theater uh, at the moment there's no show times so it. there is another theater here in South Carolina kind of that I could possibly go to, but it's out of the way. So who knows if I end up seeing evil dead or not, but if I do, of course I will have that for a review for you, but power rangers movies releasing this week as well. So I'll jump into that. and Definitely be reviewing that next episode. Cause I am a power rangers kid, but nonetheless, let's take a hard turn to horrorville. Um, Horror, I said Horrerville, um, get your minds out of the gutter, anyways, let's jump into the reviews, kicking it off with the first film I saw last week in theaters with Renfield, it is rated R strong, um, bloody violence, and some gore, that's definitely gore in this, language throughout, and some drug use, is a horror comedy, yes it is, one hour 33 minutes, sweet, film and is currently in theaters. This is a modern monster tale of Dracula's loyal servant, Renfield, who's played by Nicholas Holt in this film. Uh, the tortured aid to history's most narcissistic boss, Dracula, who's played by Nicholas Cage. Renfield is forced to procure his master's prey and do his every bidding. You know who Renfield is if you've paid attention to the Universal Monsters. Uh, Renfield is ready to see if there's a life outside of the shadow of the Prince of Darkness. They're not Ozzy Osbourne dracula what could you imagine <laughs> um if only he can figure out how to end his codependency so my thoughts on the film and you know i've seen a lot of people talking about the movie recently and uh well let's give the scores uh, ron tomato critics score 59 percent, while the audience is feeling more favorable at an 80 percent. imdb has it at a 6.8 out of 10 um and again i share those scores just to let you know there's all kinds of viewpoints when it comes to films so my thoughts on the movie itself to get it out of there, I am a huge Dracula fan. Dracula is my universal monster, right? So, I was already excited for that aspect alone. Now, going back when you know they announced the casting, and all the stuff that Nicolas Cage was playing Dracula, I'm like, that's a bold, interesting take because you know you think about Nicolas Cage, especially his later, latest roles, very you know outlandish over the top insane crazy and just you know acting his ass off and all that stuff so you you think about that going into this film i'm like okay that's interesting now looking at nicholas holt not very familiar with him i know he was in you know the x-men franchise and stuff of that nature but i'm not extremely familiar with nicholas holt other than hearing that he was in the running to play the batman with robert pattinson and that did not end up working out um other than that i don't know didn't know much about nicholas holt going in but the movie itself, I did honestly really have a good time with and enjoyed. It is one hour and thirty-three minutes. Again, breeze. You know, I didn't have any moments where I was like, "Meh," you know, this is dragging on too long, or this part's boring, or that part's boring. I don't need this or anything like that. I had a really good time with the movie. It is an over-the-top film, without a doubt. Um, not as insane as like a Mandy, like other Nicholas Cage movies like that or anything. But it, it, you know, I said it in my uh, quick thoughts after the movie uh, video, which you can see up on our YouTube, the Podcast Network's YouTube. It has that, I guess, Evil Dead kind of vibe to it where it is very outlandish and, you know, over the top and gory and, you know, things of that nature. Maybe not a hundred percent the same kind of style, but, you know, you can get it, you know, with the over the topness of the bloody violence and gore and all that stuff is where the Evil Dead aspect comes into me, but comes in for me. (laughs) But Into the review. I love mixing up words. It's always fun. But, you know, that's where I was getting at with that. And I, I, again, I did enjoy it. It it felt, you know, like a good film. Like a, a solid, solid enough film that, you know, again, I had a really good time with. I liked the story of it. I liked the idea of, and you've seen this in the trailers of Renfield going to try to get help to get away from his codependency of Dracula. He wants to get out of that lifestyle and he wants to live his own life and no longer have to be the servant to Dracula anymore. And then, you know, Nicholas Cage's Dracula is just a freaking idea that ends up working because he's killing it in this movie, and I do love, and this is not a spoiler, I do love, because they were talking about this before the film came out, that it is kind of a continuation of the 1930s classic film, and that's one of the things I loved a lot about this movie, is that it did pay homage to the classic Dracula stuff, and, you know, again, not spoiling anything, obviously, but it was awesome that they did play homage and all that stuff to the classic Dracula. And they've talked about that because that is important. This is, of course, a universal film. You know, and universal pictures created the monster films. And, you know, they've created the Dracula stuff. So them paying homage to the characters and everything was awesome. And I'm glad they did that. Now, it is not tearing up at the box office by any means. But we'll get back to box office after we talk The Pope's Exorcist. But overall, Renfield, I think, was a very enjoyable film. I'm glad I went out to see it in theaters. And, you know, it's worth checking out, um, honestly, if you're into just an insane over the top film. Now, it does have some story arc to it and it does have some heart to it, but mostly it is, you know, what you kind of expect with a Nicolas Cage playing Dracula kind of picture, you know? And again, it is rated R and there's just some over the top moments, without a doubt, you know? So if you're a little squeamish about uh, pourings of blood, maybe not you know the film for you but uh, if you're like myself who is freaking insane for horror films you will have a good time with this horror comedy remember that's the main thing to remember about this movie it is a horror comedy it's not taking itself overly serious it is a it is a fun time horror film if that makes sense for you Not as, you know like ghostbusters fun comedy horror you know, it's definitely darker and definitely more violent and gory. You know, but it is a horror comedy that we're checking out. Again, it's only an hour and 33 minutes. It's not um, a long wait or a long spending of your time. You know, you can definitely get into theaters. You know, go, you go come come straight into the theater, sit down, watch the movie and have a good time. You know, so uh, Renfield, that's my thoughts, man. I really enjoyed that movie and had a good time with it. Is it it's not going to, you know beat megan for me it's not gonna beat super mario brothers but you know we have the end of the year to figure out rankings and all that stuff if it stays in the top 10 or not but overall i did enjoy that movie and i am you know very interested in seeing it again uh moving on from that to the second film i saw the next day the very next day another horror film uh with the pope's exorcist now this movie is also rated r for some nudity there's nudity in this movie Yes, there is. There is one bit of nudity in this movie. Yes, there is Uh, sexual references. Yes, there is language and violent content. Uh, The movie is a horror mystery thriller. Yes, the trifecta of terror is one hour, 43 minutes, and it is currently in theaters. This film is inspired by the actual files of Father Gabriel Marth, chief exorcist of the Vatican, who is played by Russell Crowe in the film. The Pope's Exorcist follows Morth as he investigates a young boy's terrifying possession and ends up uncovering a centuries-old conspiracy the Vatican has desperately tried to keep hidden. Rotten Tomatoes' Creek score is 48%, while the audience has an 83%, and IMDb has it as a 6.3 out of 10. So what were my thoughts on the Pope's Exorcist? Now, going into this movie, I remember seeing the trailer, and I was like, okay, that's interesting, that looks like it could be good. Russell Crowe, fantastic actor, right? But my immediate thought, and maybe, you know, let me know if you're a horror fan like myself, exorcism films are really tough to watch because one, it's like freaking shark films, you know, in this aspect that shark films can be cool and they could be good, but they'll never live up to jaws, right? And that's the same thing with these exorcism films. You might find a good one here or there. You know, a lot of them are kind of hit and miss, you know, and a lot of them are kind of forgettable, you know, um, but they'll never live up to The Exorcist. And of course, later this year, we have an Exorcist film scheduled to release um, a sequel to the original Exorcist. So when, you know, this movie's coming around, I'm like, yeah, the trailer looks cool, but how's this going to work out? Because Exorcism trailers have looked cool before and then I've watched the movie. I'm like, meh, I could have done without that. You know, Could have done, could have done so, I could have watched something else, right? Um, so going into it, as a little... Hesitant, I guess you would say. You know, I always want to go into a film with an open mind, which is how you should always go into a movie for sure. So it was still open, but there's that, you know, voice in the back of my head it's like, oh, as an exorcism film, how's this going to work out? I will say I did really enjoy this movie. Um, now it is a horror mystery thriller. And that's very much what it is it is a horror film there's horrific images and horrific moments that are going to happen you have the freaking devil possessing characters you know what I mean that's what an exorcism movie is again no spoilers but I mean that's what an exorcist you know film is a demon possessing a person and in this film it is a young boy normally it's like a young girl or something like that but you know this movie is a young boy and you know you got Russell Crowe he, who is doing a great job again he's a fantastic actor and he has like, his character is kind of egotistical. It's like an egotistical kind of chief exorcist person who works at the works at the Vatican and uh, all that stuff. So it's interesting to see that because I was not expecting that from all. I was not expecting his character to have comedic bits to it and dropping some, like, one-liners and, you know, throwing some comedy out here and there. Not as, you know, comedic as Redfield, as we just spoke about, but there are some good comedy moments to kind of, you know, give you a little snicker every now and then. Not the candy bar, you know, like the little, <laughs> that's funny that kind of snicker right um and it does a great job it does a great job of blending it all in together and all that stuff and i did honestly enjoy this this is a movie i would watch again i don't know if i'll go out to theaters and see it again but i will definitely watch it again when it becomes available to stream right um because i did have a good time with it like it it surprised me with being an enjoyable movie like um there's parts of it let's let's be honest you know when a kid is possessed and has to be really evil and demonic and all that stuff, it is a tough thing to pull off because kids are, it's, you know, I am not a kid person personally, but kids aren't, I mean, some people will say kids are evil, but you know, it's hard for, you to look at this little kid and be like, Oh, this is freaking evil incarnate and just terrorizing and, destroying everything so there's so there's moments where you know they you're looking at the kid and it makes you like nah, kind of moments you know the, you, you know what i'm talking about when you're watching movies one of those, like, kind of moments you know um but not all the time like the kid did go do a good job of getting pretty creepy but you know overall some of the same aspects and vibes and feels and moments that you've had with any kind of exorcism movie or even horror movies in general where you know i'm trying to spoil anything here so i don't want to go into it that much but you know if you've seen an exorcism movie you know the bits and pieces that you're finding here so obviously russell crowe's character comes into this house the family he's there to help the young boy um get rid of the possession and all that stuff which leads to a bunch of insanity and you know things going off here and going off there and there's images and body yada, yada and all that stuff Personally, I did enjoy the movie. I think it was solid enough to get an enjoyable moment from me to which I will gladly watch again. Between the two films, you know It's honestly close. I'd probably be more interested in seeing Renfield again just because, you know, it's it's more of a fun film, if you will. But The Pope is still a solid enough movie and enjoyable enough for me to be like, yeah, I do want to see that again, like, that was, that was a pretty well-done exorcist film, you know, um, again, in a world of horror, where there's plenty of exorcism films, like, they're out there, they have movies with exorcism in the title, like, The Exorcism of Yada Yada, or whatever, um, but, uh, The Possession of Yada Yada, stuff like that, there's all kinds of exorcism films in horror, and, you know, you've got to, Go into this movie with again a little bit of an open mind. I know you've got that voice in the back of your head, just like I do. But you got to go into it with a little bit of an open mind to be like, okay, I'm gonna give this a chance. Russell Crowe's in it. He's a talented actor. Uh, there's a chance here. It's rated R, so there's just be some crazy stuff going on in the movie. All that, and it's solid enough. Again, it's only an hour and forty three minutes, so well, ten minutes longer than Renfield, um, which is great. You know, um, doesn't I don't, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, know I didn't have any moments during this movie either. I was like, ah, this is taking too long. I don't need this scene or anything like that, man. Like everything built to where it needed to build to. And it was, you know, that thriller aspect of it to where it's building. And, you know, you see what's happening and you get the vibe of what's going on. And then the mystery of it all, you're like, okay, where is this connecting to? And how is this going to connect to this and all that? Again. Bits and pieces we've all seen in exorcist films or even horror films in general, but solid enough to be like, okay, that was, that was a, I'm glad I watched that movie. Gotta deal, you know, as opposed to other exorcist films I've had where I'm like, eh, I could have done without that. Glad I saw this movie. I did enjoy this movie and I would gladly watch it again. Now, looking at the two films, it's pretty interesting here. So critics enjoyed Renfield more than the Pope's Exorcist by about 11%. The audience, though, is enjoying Pope's Exorcist more than Renfield based on. No Rotten Tomato scores by 3%. The IMDb 6.8 to 6.3 leaned to Renfield. But that audience score is the interesting part here the 83 to the 80 to Pope's Exorcist because the Pope's Exorcist actually fared better at the box office between the two. Now, both of them didn't like dominate the box office or anything like that, like you've seen with other horror films this year, like Scream or even Megan. Um, and again, post-exorcist Renfield, will figure out ranking later at any other time. Megan's still the film for me this year. But, you know, they're up against a juggernaut of a film that I don't know if many people expected to be a juggernaut of a film with the Super Mario Brothers movie. That movie is just killing it. and It's on its way to a billion dollars, it looks like. Um, So yeah, the post-exorcist did better than Renfield, which has started people asking questions about is Nicolas Cage a box office star or whatever and like people are gonna see a movie if Nicolas Cage did it. I know he's in a lot of like at home movies released on streaming streaming or whatever kind of films which have all been very well received it seems but yeah Super Mario Brothers is just gonna seemingly dominate the box office for a while we'll see how Evil Dead ends up doing again it's not opening at my theater so it makes me wonder what other theaters it's not opening at you know <laughs> because normally all like i've never had this issue where like a big film is not releasing at the theater i always go to it's it's weird to me it's leading to that question of like what other theaters is evil dead not opening in you know Um, so we'll see how things turn out with evil dead versus super mario now the difference here being even though renfield is connected to the universal monsters and you know classic big name not a property that a lot of people are you know, going insane about, um, you know, we had the Invisible Man a couple of years that did very well, but, you know, we had the Dark Universe before that, which I personally enjoyed, but that did not do as well, at the box office and all that stuff, but at the same time, people hated Tom Cruise back then, but they love Tom Cruise now, I don't know, people are fickle, and I'll have some Universal Monster news coming up later when we get into the news, but, you know, then you get the Pope's Exorcist, which is, you know, not really attached to anything, it's just an exorcist film, so maybe, you know, the name value of Evil Dead could help out a little bit. I wouldn't say Evil Dead is a bigger name value than Universal Monsters, but it's a little more... You know, I can't even say that. I will say the marketing for Evil Dead, I've seen that movie everywhere. I did see Renfield a lot. I did not see The Pope's Exorcist all that much. I did see it during a WWE pay-per-view, of course. but uh, WrestleMania. But... I didn't see it nearly as much as Renfield and I've seen Evil Dead more than both of them. So Evil Dead's probably marketed much better, which could lead to a better box office for it. So we'll see if that gets a horror film back in number one. But again, what amount of theaters is it going into? Cause it's already not at one, you know, that I know of. So uh, as of now, maybe they'll release dates. Later. I don't know what's going on there, but we'll see what ends up happening there. But nonetheless, two films that I thoroughly enjoyed and I say, definitely check out, uh, you know, Yeah, go to it. Especially if you got this unlimited card. Do it, man. Alright, let's take a break from the horror. Let's jump into the DC news. Starting off with the Penguin. we got a teaser trailer for the Penguin series that will be hitting HBO Max. Soon to be titled. Uh, We'll get to that later. But uh, this show, of course, takes place after the Batman film and leads into the next Batman movie. But uh, it looks freaking awesome. I loved that trailer. Wish I would have done a reaction to it, but that little teaser we got was awesome. I don't know if it counts as a trailer per se. It's definitely a teaser that showed us some images and some behind the scenes of camera shooting and all that stuff. It looks freaking like it's going to be great. You know, Colin Farrell doing his thing. I can't wait to see that show. Uh, let's see, today the Russo brothers say they are open to directing the Batman, the Brave, and the Bold film that has been announced for the DCU. Um would you be interested in seeing the Russo brothers come over to DC after working on all these Marvel projects and doing pretty good over there? I'm not against it, you know, they've done a pretty solid job, and, you know, they were both huge fans of Batman growing up, so I I assume they could do something pretty good over there. They wanted to, you know, why not? Let the Russo brothers come on over, be another Marvel guy, right? Because we've already had, we have James Gunn, who's partly in charge of the DCU with Peter Saffron. So Russo Brothers decided to come over. And again, these aren't you know, it was like that's the only thing we've ever done, you know, kind of deal. You know James Gunn's are obviously done other stuff, but, you know, big names recently with Marvel. And, you know, if they if the Russo Brothers decide to do a Batman do the Batman film, cool. Why not? I can't wait to see. You know, I'm excited for that Batman movie. Batman and Robin back on the big screen. Can't be as bad as the last time, right? All right, let's see. Let's talk about Shazam. What is the future of Shazam? Remember that movie came out this year which I personally did thoroughly enjoy and can't wait to see again. Um maybe I'll hit theaters if there's a Good screen time. If Evil Dead's not going to be in my theaters this week, maybe I can see that one. Um, but, you know, based on that. But what is the future of Shazam? There has been a rumor going around that Zachary Levi has been booted. Remember, this has been a rumor before that other characters have been booted from the DC universe since James Gunn has taken over, which has proven to be... we don't know. <laughs> we know that uh Henry Cavill is not back. We know Affleck decided to not uh, return. We know uh, we assume, I mean, we pretty much know that Jason Momoa is staying around, so he's not been booted. Gal Gadot has been rumored to be booted, I don't think she's been booted whatsoever. But what does this mean for Shazam? Um, so that rumor has been going around. that Shazam has been replaced. Booted uh, the character role and replaced by Alan Richson. Rich- I don't know who that is, personally. Um, I looked up his... I did a quick Google search. Looks like he does the new Reacher show or whatever. Um... But, you know, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to do. I know people all of a sudden hate Zachary Levi, uh, which, you know, whatever. We're not gonna get into that. We're trying to stay drama free on this episode, man. There's so many things I want to talk about, but I'm not going to talk about to keep it drama free. Um, but Zachary Levi I like and I have enjoyed. I will say that the characters differences are a little wacky. You know, um Zachary Levi's playing more of the kid. And while the kid is playing more of an, I don't know, whatever you want to go with. But a person did bring this rumor to James Gunn on Twitter. And of course, James Gunn, active on social media, will answer these questions if he sees them. So this person asked uh, James Gunn if this was true, to which James Gunn responded, no, LOL, Jesus. <laughs> so yes, no, L L O, L O L, L O what? LOL. And then, of course, Jesus, like we all say after something stupid happens, like Jesus kind of deal. So, no, Zachary Levi has not been booted. He's not been replaced. And Alan has not been cast as Shazam. Again, let's wait. I know the Internet's always got to have something going on. They've always got to be running their mouths about something because the Internet's always right. (laughs) I hope you don't believe that. Um, But let's just wait and find out about casting and see how things go and all that stuff like Shazam seems to be set up for something to happen in the DCU you know see the movie speaking of seeing the movie it'll be hitting HBO Max we'll talk about that in a moment on May 23rd so next month Uh, and I can't wait to watch it again watch it again so excited for that all right let's see jumping into not so good news uh, Rocksteady Rocksteady Studios has delayed Suicide Squad killed the Justice League yet again and this time basically a year uh, I will now be releasing on February 2nd, 2024, on the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series XS, and PC. Uh, Rocksteady has not released a game since 2015, it's Arkham Knight. Um, apparently, again, this is just to deal with bugs and fixing things of that nature, it's not necessarily to overhaul the game, but I mean, for that long of delay. Maybe you should overhaul the game, especially after how many, how much people are upset about your announcement that this game would be a play for live thingy or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think you need to retool that game altogether. <laughs> would probably be a good idea. Like, I was excited for this game, but the more it takes to get here, and if you know, it's just marred and controversy and issues here and there, and people are already mad at it, and it hasn't released yet. Like that game, yeah, take the. Take the year to, you know, retool some things for sure. You can say it's to fix bugs, but, you know, you're taking a year. Let's you know, retool it altogether. together. Uh, let's jump back into positive fun news. Creature Commandos has unveiled its voice cast. The anime series, which is set to premiere in 2024 as the first title in the new DC universe, also known as the DCU from James Gunn and Peter Safran. Um, let's see. I suck with names, so bear with me here. Idrina um, Varma will be the voice for the show's main protagonist, Bride of Frankenstein, a version of the classic horror character. Frank Grillo, remember we talked about him recently, will be playing Rick Flagg Sr., the father of Joel Kenneman's Rick Flagg Jr., who was, of course, in Suicide Squad films. Uh, let's see. David Harbour is voicing Eric Frankenstein, a version of the classic monster and a love interest, of course, the bride. We got Zoe Chow as Nina Masrosky. Uh Alan Tudyk as Dr. Prometheus, uh, Sean Gunn as G.I. Robot, and Steve Agree reprising his role as John ikemos 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 I suck with a good name. It's Sean Gunn there with G.I. Robot. Uh, Sean Gunn will also be reprising the role as Weasel who, of course, he played in The Suicide Squad. And Viola Davis is is Amanda Waller, which, of course, she played in The Suicide Squad's films and has the show coming in 2024, uh, hopefully. Um, Let's see. James Gunn has written every episode of the series. Now, of course, the casting is a big deal here because remember when Gunn and Saffron announced the first 10 titles for the DCU at their press event earlier this January. uh, Earlier in January this year, they stressed that virtually all of the actors who voice the characters on the anime series will also perform as them should they appear in future live action DC adaptations. So yeah, David Harbour as freaking Frankenstein. Gimme. I want it. <laughs> I'm so excited for the DC man. I know I'm a DC fan, but this is so exciting fun times, man. Can't wait to see where all this stuff goes. So that is fun stuff, you know, we did talk about on last week's episode with Frank Rillo coming over. Uh, he has been cast as Rick Flagg Sr. So we've got that figured out and we'll see where things go from there. Now jumping back into the horror with horror news, Rob Zombie. What is the future of the Firefly family or the Monsters franchise as well? Have they come to an end? It may be that they have. Um, Rob Zombie said probably as far as theatrical films go, maybe there'll be graphic novels or other things. But as if we've seen the last of the Firefly clan, May seem like that is it for the films. Zombie continued. At this point, the three movies feel like they go well together. It took a lot of work to get the third one made, and no one's getting any younger. Even with the third one, Sid Haig, from the time that we started talking about the movie to the time we shot it, his health declined so severely that we went from being one of the leads to barely being able to keep him on set for an hour to work. So, yeah, I think we got in just under the wire to make a trilogy. As for the monsters, Zombie said. He won't, and flat out doesn't want to make another Monsters movie with Universal. Uh, He explains, the only reason I would ever want to do it is because I like making sequels. Huh. (laughs) I didn't know he liked making sequels, but I guess he did with the Firefly family in the Halloween film. But nonetheless, uh, uh, let's see, he goes on to say, you have so little time with the first movie to develop these characters. Towards the end of the Monsters film, you go, okay, now... They're all set. You can really jump in with what they're all about. But he did continue saying the Monsters was exhausting. This was an exhausting movie to make. It took about five years of nonstop pushing and then being in a foreign country during the height of COVID and was not as much fun as you would think. He laughs. So the whole experience was very draining. So it sounds like... You know, the Firefly family for sure seems done unless they do graphic novels. We'll see what happens with the monsters. I again personally did enjoy that Monsters film. I had a good time with it. It will be a yearly Halloween watch for me. But um it sounded like he had a tough time there shooting the film, which, you know, again, that's during COVID times, maybe he figures something else out now that he's, you know, created a universe there, but we'll see how Universal plans to do things. Um, of course we can always assume that zombie will focus on his music next, which it's fine, because I do love his music. Uh, let's see, jumping over to Radio Silence, they are teaming up yet again with Melissa Barrera, but this time not for Scream. Well, for now, at least. Uh, they are directing an untitled monster thriller for Universal, for which Melissa Barrera will be starring. Uh, let's see, the film is said to be in the vein of the studio's recent hits like The Invisible Man or Rendfield you know, give or take if Renfield was a hit or not. We'll see. (laughs) This untitled monster thriller provides a unique take on legendary monster lore and will represent a fresh new direction for how to celebrate these classic characters. Universal monster films are rooted in the horror genre with no restrictions on budget rating or genre. They are not part of a shared interconnected universe, which allows each film to stand on its own. This new direction in filmmaking Filmmaker-driven, inviting initiative, inviting innovative filmmakers with original, bold ideas for those characters to develop the stories and pitch them. <sighs> Again, I was very interested in the dark universe, but whatever. Um, that's fine if they're making these non-connected films. I'm fine with films not being connected to each other. Um, I did enjoy the visual man. I really enjoyed Renfield. I'm excited for this. You know, looking at Melissa I mean, you have to go bride, right? I mean, she could pull off bride. Um, I don't know what's going on with Brian Frankenstein. I think the last thing I remember seeing with Bride Frankenstein that Elizabeth Banks was working on something. Um, I don't know if that's still happening. I don't remember. I haven't heard anything about that recently. And then I think Scarlett Johansson was doing one with A24, which I also haven't heard anything about. I want to say that was announced 2020. So. Yeah, nothing's come out from there, so I would just, say, yeah, do Bride. Let Melissa Barrera be the Bride of Frankenstein. Why not? Have a good time with it. Radio Silence and Melissa have done great with the Scream films lately. Radio Silence has done good with the Scream films and, you know, Ready or Not and all that stuff, so, you it to man. I'm interested in either way, wherever it goes. It doesn't have to be Bride of Frankenstein. I'm interested in the of Monsters in general, so more power to him. Let's see how that works out. Let's see, James McAvoy and Blumhouse are re-teaming for a remake of the Danish thriller film Speak No Evil, which will release on August 9th, 2024. The original 2022 movie, a Danish family visits a Dutch family they met on a holiday. What was supposed to be an idyllic weekend slowly starts unraveling as the Danes try to stay polite in the face of unpleasantness. Well, that sounds like a mystery of what that movie is. That uh, sounds uncomfortable. That's what I was trying to get to there. It sounds like an uncomfortable movie. I mean, James McAvoy, talented actor. He was at Universal Studios today, actually. Universal. Um, Blumhouse is always making salted. it seems. <laughs> you know, I'll see it, of course. I'll see it. We'll see how that all works out. And finally, in horror news, before jumping into other realms, uh insidious the red door we know that is coming this year this summer and we know that a trailer is officially on the way this week as well on april 19th 2023 that trailer will be out look for zach from you know mini shows here on the podcast network look for zach to probably do a trailer review of that if he does not i will try to do one i haven't done a trailer reaction in a while but pretty sure zach will get it to it before me which is fine um, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Insidious The Red Door will release in theaters everywhere July 5th, 2023. Remember, this one is it's directed by uh, Patrick, right? Yeah, this one's per, um, directed by Patrick Wilson. Looks like the story's by Lee Wanell as well. That's awesome. And produced, of course, by James Wan, Lee Wannell, Jason Blum, all that stuff. So, yeah. I mean, there, there's interest there. I I don't know about the Insidious franchise. I don't... I don't watch them all that much. Kind of forget about them, to be honest with you. I know the first film was pretty well received. Uh, then I want to say from there they weren't as well received. I don't know. I haven't watched them. Um, definitely do for a rewatch, especially before this movie comes out. When's it coming out again? July seventh. Probably sneak that in. I got to find out where the streaming and all this stuff. I probably sneak in a franchise watch again for there. But again, pay attention to the 3D podcast network, see YouTube. Uh, There should be a reaction to that one. That will be up this week. Uh, Let's see. Now let's jump into other news. I've been hinting at this throughout the episode. Warner Brothers Discovery has officially announced that HBO Max will be titled just HBO. Nope. Kidding. Just titled Max. They have dropped the HBO. They got the HBO out. That's what they did. Uh, the name mixes in a big bucket of new content of course after discovery plus is coming over to join the streaming service and other new original series there are three tiers we get the max ad light which is 9.99 a month or 99.99 a year to concurrent streams Uh, we have max ad free what so, that's max ad light. So, light ads and then max ad free. This one is $15.99 a month or $149.99. And then you have max ultimate ad free at $19.99 a month. I mean, obviously, you want to go with the ultimate, right? Just $4 more? Come on. Come on. That's four concurrent streams. So, there you go. um Let's see. But the main thing that they announced, other than that, was the shows. so I'm going to kick it off with the biggest one, as far as I'm concerned. We're getting the Harry Potter TV series. It is officially moving forward. It is officially announced. This is something that's been rumored for quite some time. I've talked about the rumor a couple times on the show. Eh, the show's finally happening. Each season of the show will be based on one of the books in the franchise with Warner Bros. Discovery, describing the show as a decade-long series feature entirely new cast from the films. J.K. Rowling, the creator of the series, said, Max's commitment to preserving the integrity of my books is important to me, and I'm looking forward to being part of this new adaptation, which will allow for a degree of depth and detail only afforded by a long-form television series, end quote, which is exactly the exciting part about this. And we've heard... Heard this with any you know book turned into movie that oh they've you know the book was better man the book had more detail man the book had more awesome stuff in it man I can't believe they left this out man now you're getting a full on television show of the books um of course I'm sure there'll be some stuff still left out but full seasons based on the books there's what seven books so you know they said a decade long series so they're gonna be drawing this stuff a little bit longer than that seven right i mean that last book's super long right so i'm excited man you know i i, I know there's mixed feelings around the wizarding world but i love the wizarding world i've loved it since god what, 2000 2000 so uh, yeah, i have been the love of this series over 20 years and i am so excited for this show i cannot wait to see what they end up doing with this now also speaking of shows i'm very excited for I can't wait to see what they do with this. HBO Max, or just Max, is developing a TV series based on the Conjuring universe. Um, according to Warner Brothers, Conjuring television series will continue the story established in the feature films. Uh, producer Peter Safran is attached to executive produce the series. Uh, James Wan will also produce, and he, of course, directed several films within the franchise and then talks to executive produce. Uh, talk Monster Productions is backing the project alongside Warner Brothers. Which, that's good to see that they're still attached to everything, man. I love the Conjure Universe. The Conjure Universe is one of my favorite universes. And I was wondering where they are going to go with things. I don't know what movies are next. I think The Nun 2 is the only one that's actually been announced that's still happening. So it makes me wonder, what's next? You know, are they just going to stick with the television shows on the universe, HBO Max? And then what does that open for? Remember, we were supposed to get a a crooked man film that never got off the ground, right? So now you're making a series, right? Um, what other kind of series can you do? You know, all kinds. Of, there's plenty of, you know, worn artifacts that could be told in a show. So that's very exciting. Like that is very exciting and interesting. And I can't wait to see what they do with that as well. So two very cool, interesting shows coming to max uh, sometime in the future. Like that's that's awesome. Another show we know that's coming is the IT prequel series, Welcome to Derry. And we've got kind of a time frame here. expected sometime in 2024. We don't have an official release date, but that's that's cool, man. Can't wait to see how that show turns out as well. I did enjoy, I've enjoyed all the IT films, from the mini-TV film to the, to the two films that recently came out. It's very interesting to me. We don't know if Bill Skarsgård's back or not. We'll see how that all plays out, but Again, something else to look forward to on the Max. All right, now, no longer Max news, just other news here. Um, Mia Goth has been cast in the upcoming Blade film, and we're not 100% sure who she's playing at the moment, but we have some news circulating that Goth may be playing Lilith the Drake, who's the daughter of Dracula, uh, we'll see if that turns out being true or not. Uh, the original release date for this film was November 3rd, 2023, but the film has gone through multiple issues that has led to it being delayed, including losing its director. Uh, the film is now expected September 6th, 2024, which you know what that means. That means it's going to be a Halloween Horror Nights house. If I know anything, man, anytime a horror movie comes out of the year, it's automatically a Halloween Horror Nights house. Because, uh, you know, <laughs> speculation-wise, <laughs> um, I kid, but... See how that goes, man. Mia Goth, extremely talented actress, who is just you know her career is blowing up, man. Her and Jenna Ortega taking over the world. You know, they're both they're both very talented actors taking over the world. Hopefully, they don't get the thing that other people, that other we've seen with other you know actors most recently, Chris Pratt. You know, Chris Pratt's been casting all, a lot of stuff. And people have decided to start hating Chris Pratt. I've seen, honestly, hate for Jenna Ortega recently because of all the stuff she's getting. Um, Hopefully it doesn't end up happening with Mia Goth because people are just, again, fickle. People are so stupid. Like, oh my god, all these people are getting cast and everything. I hate them all of a sudden. Nah shut up. All right, last bit of news here. Uh, Live-action Knuckles series is hitting Paramount Plus with Idris Elba reprising his role as the voice of Knuckles. Uh, the film will take place between the events of Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Sonic the Hedgehog 3, which is slated to hit theaters December 20th, 2024. Man, 2024 is stacking up to be a good year as well, man. We have been, you know, as a pain in the ass as COVID was. Man, it has stacked all this entertainment right after it <laughs> like all this stuff just happening uh, so that's exciting i still have not seen Sonic the hedgehog 2 i've heard it is very good um i should probably check that out soon uh sorry the hedgehog 3 i should have known that was happening but it escaped my mind hopefully Jim carries in it we'll but that's exciting news, man! More Sonic stuff. Um, you know, they're looking over there, at Mario, right now. It's like, ah, you, you, <laughs> you know, because the Sonic films were uh, very much, very highly regarded as the best video game films. And then Super Mario came out and you know hit the freaking block and got that mushroom and you know grew and became this monster of a powerhouse of a film, man. I don't know if anybody expected that. Like, you were hoping and, you know, like, oh, it's going to do good. It's going to do good. It's Mario. It's a huge property. But doing it as well as it is, you can't say that's not surprising. Um, but good form, man. I absolutely love that movie. Like, that movie very much in contention to being, you know, maybe it could beat Megan, man, because I keep thinking about it every day. I'm like, man, that freaking Mario movie. And, you know, it doesn't hurt that, that freaking Peaches song burned into the back of my head. Like, I listen to that song every day since singing that movie. Every day since seeing that movie, that song is played at least a couple of thousand times. You know, thousands is a big number, but I do, when that comes on, the song does come on, like, okay, repeat, let's just, let's, let's run this cycle a couple of times. You know, it, it's, ah, that song lives in my head. But, that's going to do it for this episode, man. There you go. Two movie reviews, Renfield Pope's Exorcist, I enjoyed both. If you've seen them, let me know what you think, but I did enjoy both films, while I had the horror aspect, Fastly and comedy aspect, to some. Vastly different films. Pope's Exorcist way more serious. Um, But there are serious moments in Renfield. But two solid films that I did enjoy seeing in theaters, and I do say check them out. Um, And then a lot of news, man. A lot of stuff going on in DC realm. Got that horror news, and HBO Max dropping the HBO, becoming just Max, and giving us All these freaking shows would be like, oh my god, I need the max. Max up my life. (laughs) Um, That does it, man. Appreciate you listening to this show. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to me ramble on about all the nonsense that I do on these shows. I am freaking insane. But I appreciate you all, as always. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to listen to this show, as well as supporting this show and supporting the Thru me Podcast Network. We greatly appreciate it. And just let you know, as always, happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one remembers to turn on the light. Talk to you all next episode.